This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. Listening to the Mac and Bo Show on Mac and Bo Radio. Hey, Mac, the Bone Man. Good morning, Mac and Bone. Good morning, Charlotte. Welcome aboard. Uh, we are resuming our regular Panther Monday activities. It was nice to, uh, you know, feel good for a while, do a little dancing, uh, be picked up by the fellas. You know, all those things were nice last week. But we are back to our regular scheduled Monday programming as the Panthers lose. And this one hurts. This one hurts, man, because this one is on Bryce Young, and it hurts. It hurts. We'll talk about it on the Mac and Bone Show today. We got the Hornets with a split. They had a chance last night. They couldn't even throw an inbounds pass with eight seconds left. But LaMelo, my Lord. Man, I missed that version of LaMelo. Triple-double, 30 points, 23 in the fourth against Dallas. We'll talk some Hornets as well. Ryan Blaney wins the cup championship. Ross Chastain made him mad, but uh, he survived. He stayed calm. He survived. He didn't get Chastain, and he ended up winning it all. What a card the 12 team had yesterday at Phoenix. Uh, they finished second, but they, they win the championship. And we got all kind of college football to talk about. Huge win, come from behind win for Biff and the boys. You had big wins again for State. How about Clemson and Dabo? Tyler. Uh, <laughs> did, did Tyler fire him up? Is, is, does Tyler get credit for this, or does he get ripped for this? We will does, talk. Does Dabo call Tyler on Tiger calls? Does he call him this week? <laughs> What's up, Tyler? Maybe, What's up, T? <laughs> maybe they should talk every week, uh, the two of them, because that was a big win. Bama, big win. Uh, you had Georgia with a big win. Washington uh, wins 742 to 738. Uh, <laughs> close to that. Close to that. We had some good college football to watch this weekend, so we'll get into all of it. But obviously, we'll start with the Panthers. The Bone Man's in the house. The Flound Dog is in the house. The Tar Heels are back to winning, baby, in style against the Camels. What's up, Boney? Good morning, Mac. The Charlotte Comfort Systems temperature this morning, 46 degrees. Get a full system tuned up today. Get that heat crank in, although you might need the AC as well. We're in that awkward time of the year. But Scott Shelton does it all. Heating, air, you name it. Lennox rebates, they got it all. CharlotteComfortSystems.com. Mac, I was thinking before the show that I, I feel more anger and despair about this performance compared to the ones before the bye week with the Panthers because my expectation level was higher for this game. I thought we were trending in the right direction. Results, we'll see what occurs. But I thought offensively they were trending in the right direction. There was a numbness with the Lions and the Dolphins because, let's be honest, those are really good teams, yeah, and I didn't yeah. expect going in that the Panthers would come out on the right side. In this game... If you would have told me they would hold the Colts' offense down to the yards they did, 
that Moss and Taylor would not run wild, I would have said, okay, the Panthers probably got a W in this football game. It reminds me of the Atlanta box score a little bit from game one, where you look at, if you just read the numbers, you would go, oh, this seems like a Panther win, except for that turnover call. I thought it was exactly like the Atlanta game. I was thinking the same thing, uh, where your defense plays well enough to win, and the reason why you lose the game is because Bryce made mistakes. It just it reminded me exactly of that game. And, and I thought Bryce Young reverted back to early season Bryce Young. I, those, those pick sixes, I thought, were, were terrible. And it is so frustrating because another thing, too, about losing to Detroit, I only threw a couple picks against Detroit and losing to Miami, is I thought Bryce played pretty well in those games. And to me, the number one thing with this team right now is not wins or losses, it's how Bryce plays. So the fact that Bryce Young literally gave the Lions 14 points and we lost by four, whoever we played, the Colts, I don't know who the hell it was anymore. But the fact we gave the Colts Bryce gave them 14 points on pick sixes, and we lost by 14. Yep. It hurts. It hurts because I know what's coming in on the text line. I told you Bryce Young was horrible. I, I, that, that's annoying. That, that's that's going to be annoying as hell. But he's got to wear it, man. And, and he does. He, he owns to, up to it. He's one of the most accountable I've seen, you know, after the loss. But I just I don't get bone those pick sixes. The first one, he didn't even look out there. He just assumed the guy the guy in the flat was open. I, I don't understand. I mean, that's this for a dude that's supposed to be the smartest damn quarterback ever to enter the league. Terrible. That is a dumbass play. Inexcusable. And then back the next drive, there was 20 seconds to go before halftime. In the first, I believe it was the first play. The first play on the next series, instead of taking it, you're down 20 to three. They didn't just take a knee and go to halftime. They threw again. They threw another pass immediately after that. Or did it get sacked? Oh, he threw a pass somewhere on the next series. He threw another pass. Well, they I, were trying. I know they were trying because I was sitting there watching that, saying, "Oh my God, dude, please just go to halftime." He just threw a pick six. Go to halftime. Don't don't run anymore. Oh, yeah, they were right. trying. They were trying. And Carboni, twenty seconds left. Nick Carboni said it on on Twitter, and I was thinking the same thing. They held the Colts to under two hundred yards. Yeah, one ninety minus eighty yards rushing. They, the defense gave up 13 points, and they lost by 14. To what you just said, the defense was unbelievable, man, unbelievable, and and they got more banged up. Henderson went out early in this game. And then late, now we got to worry about Burns having a concussion. Henderson has a concussion. Luvu was hurt late. Woods was hurt late. So this defense is a bunch of warriors. This, de- oh, this defense is eighth in the NFL in total defense. Now, scoring defense is horrible. It's like damn near 30th or whatever. But, like, total defense yards given up. With all the guys that have been out. Averro's doing a great job. But, again, it doesn't. it feels like that only matters so much today. We ran the football. We stopped the run, like you said. Like, we did some good things, and that's why this one is killer. And I know the, the pass protection was bad again. It was. I'm tired of it. I thought the interior guys were really bad. I think Bradley Bozeman is having a really bad pass protection Not good, season. man, at all. I think he is involved constantly. And I know Buckner's a really good player inside. I, thought, I, I honestly don't think Corbett's been great in pass pro since he's come back. Personally, Icky got beat, I thought, early, but not really as the game went on. But the, but there it was, like, the first play. There he was getting beat again. It's just, it's frustrating. And then the way Bryce handled the pressure, every one of those interceptions was, was when he was pressured. His quarterback rating bone under pressure drops, like, 50 rating points. He's got to handle pressure better. Throw the ball into the dirt, dude. Like, you yourself said it in a Detroit game. You should have dirted it when, when Hutchinson cut off that ridiculous Thomas screenplay. Yeah. Well, now, how about you dirt it when you have a screen to Sanders and it's not there? 
it's just, I, it's frustrating, man. Because I'm a huge Bryce fan. I think he's got, I think he's got it in him to be good. But he, a game like yesterday feels like a regression. This is not a good stat, Matt. That Kenny Moore uh, leaves the game with more touchdowns from Bryce this season than Mingo, Hurst, <laughs> TMJ, and Chenault. He also technically has more touchdowns now. If you want to go all, all the way down, he's got more touchdowns than Sanders and Chuba also this year. He has two touchdowns. Everyone else has one or less. <laughs> oh God, Sanders played. Sanders played a pretty good game for the first real time this year. Chuba ran it. Um, Bryce in the run game was really good. They were leaving that that middle just wide open, and he took off and, and converted some third downs. The penalties were atrocious too. This is another regression. Panthers the last two weeks have started to clean up penalties, and now they have 10 for 81. And I mean, the, the penalties that extended drives, like as good as the defense was, Bone, only giving up 13 points on their end, it could have been even better. Um, uh, that uh, Our guy, uh, Iku Liotta, who is really only back off the practice squad because of injuries on the edge players, right? Houston and YGM, stuff like that. He was active, and he is offsides on a punt. Bro! Who cares? You ain't getting there. Just let them punt the ball. I don't care where you line up at. Just don't line up across the line. And we give them the ball back. They go down and score. And then I thought I, I thought the referees had a couple of horrible moments in this game. That Xavier Woods penalty, which led to them to keep Awful. the ball. We would have been off the field. They kept the ball and went down and scored on that one, too. Dude, he hit him. That was a penalty because he hit him hard. Like, seriously, that was a ref like that hit looked so hard it had to be illegal. And how is that not reviewable? How are we not reviewing these bang, bang plays over the middle that clearly the naked eye can't get right? How are we not reviewing them? That was shoulder to chest. My God, that like we're not good enough to be able to get screwed out of points. It was, Seriously. it was such a bad call. Michael Pittman, after the game, said that was a clean hit by Woods. Oh, God. The receiver said, yeah, that wasn't really a penalty. Come on, all. man. Make that reviewable, NFL. That's so stupid. No, that, that, Why is that not reviewable? They can't see that live. It's too fast. The game's too fast. Let them take a look at penalties like that after the fact. And this team's not God. good enough to overcome stuff That's like that. That's what I'm that. saying. We so can't get screwed. This, and when this team gets screwed by a referee call, it's not like they have Pat Mahomes and Kelsey out yeah, there rolling around to make up for it. Uh, um, Mac, I was going to say one more thing. Oh, the special team. Not not the penalty, but their their unit, the special teams unit. Hecker gets the turnover on the punt, which they may have designed maybe at recess with Hecker and Jansen to muff a punt and catch it off the bounce. <laughs> That's going on. Hecker pins him inside the twenty twice. Blackshear's returning things again out there. Yeah. Special teams unit did a nice job as well, except for defensive, that. Le- except for that. Leo except for that. That. But defensive special teams Ooh. deserves better than that yesterday. Yeah. They did. What they a design did. by Hecker. I'm going to kick this ball. They're going to muff it. We're going to catch it off the uh, deflection. <laughs> oh, man, you're giving him some credit for that. I'll go with it. I'll go with the story there. Um, uh, man, and there's a bunch of defensive guys that can be singled out, but it's just it just sucks because Bryce took steps back, and it literally cost us the game. Yes. It's hard to take. And then, oh, by the way, C.J. Stroud is throwing for a rookie record 470 and leading them back in the final seconds to beat Tampa. And also somehow Baker Mayfield's clutch in Tampa too. He leads the drive before that. I just there's a lot of quarterbacking things that can make a Panther fan miserable today when you think about and it. Because that Texans Bucks game Mac went right into the Panther game. It wasn't like the Panthers played at one at the same time where we're monitoring from afar. A lot of Panther fans saw the end of that game. And then they right over there to the 405 CBS start for the Colts and Panthers. So Stroud not only has a big time game, he is one of the best games a rookie's ever had in any sport. 
I mean, <laughs> and then he goes into Bryce Young throwing passes to the Colts all day. Yeah, it was, it, God, that's a frustrating Sunday. It really is, man. And here we are getting our hopes up last week. Seriously, slap me if I ever get my hopes up again. God slap me, man. Is that, can we get that? Uh, I'm on pulling a, that right yeah, now. on a signed document. By the way, Mac, uh, going to pull the curtain back a little bit as well. Panthers on Thursday night football this week against the Bears. Amazon and NFL films for each uh, game open of that broadcast. They film local radio shows talking about their team leading up to that <laughs> game. So on Friday, they, we got an email from, from the Rick Tater and NFL films that said they will be bringing the crew in here this morning. Taking footage of us talking about the Panthers to put on their national broadcast for the Open. Up. My God, that'll be some fun audio right there. Say so the whole country going to hear our misery. <laughs> this is is this like revenge for the montage of misery? Now the entire nation can hear us. The entire nation is going to be like, that's those jerks who used to make fun of us when we were miserable. Oh, uh, that's what they get. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from six to ten. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. To Weston Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We got a lot of text rolling in talking about the game yesterday. The Panthers lose to the Indianapolis Colts. And we have Joe and Raleigh writing in. People drank the Kool-Aid over Bryce, gambled on his size. And to this point, it's blown up in their face. Steve Smith Sr., him too. Okay, why is Smitty getting called out all of a sudden by everybody? Dave Doran, Joe and Raleigh. Um, people in Raleigh, what do y'all got against Smitty? I'm just days? glad it wasn't me, man. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> Smitty's already done that, and you know, I you let him tell it, then he he bucked up to Steve Smith. But we saw, I guess, some kind of respect between the two. Either way, Joe and Raleigh says now it's time to own it and eat that humble pie. Macklepie and Doug said it's paper bag time when you show up at Bank of America Stadium. Kevin talked about repping the gear, the Panthers gear. What do you do after a loss? He said, I rep Panthers gear to show women how faithful I am. It's a great point. (laughs) That's a man that is is not afraid of commitment, people. Kevin, watch out. He's wearing the Panthers fans. uh, He's wearing the Panthers gear, and he is ready to commit. That's a nice line. It is a nice line. Fiddy, you sounded like it was something that you uh, identified with. I wonder if that could help me because, I mean, I'm a diehard Met fan, and I wear Met gear 24-7. That should tell women I'm not willing to run away from a scary situation. I don't know why he's been shortening that words. Is that, lately. is that a yeah. new thing it now? Is. He does. Yes. He does things that are just out of left field that then become trends. And this is the latest one here. It's that he'll end words. I, that's that's our fitty. Here's a couple of texts that I wanted to bring in with the next topic. Ashby from Lancaster says we chose Stank Reich. I I've, saw that. I've not heard the Stank variation on it. I got to admit, I like it more than Frank wrong because Reich sounds like right. Stank Reich is pretty good if you're going to insult the man. But Big Cat Dan brings in what I think is the more important point. All the suck leads to or points to Scott Fitter. And I think that's what I saw on my Twitter timeline. So here's what I'm interested in. We have blamed Scott Fitterer for putting all of the wrong pieces around Bryce Young. But I even think there have been people 
that don't like what they've seen from the number one overall selection, even still, most people would tell you the situation around Bryce Young is pretty terrible. The offensive line, awful. It continues to be awful. Interior pass protection. If Icky is not giving up a sack on the left side, Taylor Moten, I, you know, me, who likes Taylor Moten, thought he was bad yesterday. You're giving up interior pass rush. Bryce Young has nowhere to go. If you are able to escape pressure, you can't really throw it downfield. Adam Thielen's had a good year, but other than that, nobody else has been consistent at all. And that all points to the guy that put this team together. You used to have a meat shield in Matt Rule protecting you from all the criticism. But now Matt Rule's gone. Now he doesn't have 51% control over final say. Now it's Scott Fitterer. At least that's what we're led to believe. And now the one constant outside of David Tepper, you can continue to climb up the tree up until the tip top, and there's David Tepper sitting right there in his treehouse. <laughs> you can do that if you want to. But David Tepper's not going to fire himself. So the guy that does seem to be falling on the sword, if they're going to make a change, it's Scott Fitterer. Because as we've mentioned time and time again, Wes, when we go back and look over the Panthers draft history, what do you point to and say, man, Scott Fitterer knocked it out of the bleeping park. What a pick. Just knew something nobody else did and just hit a home run. Who is that guy? It's not Icky now. I'm pulling for him, but it's not Icky now. J.C. Horn, who has looked good on the field, <laughs> can't even win that one because the guy drafted after him has had a better start to his career and a way more healthy start to his career in Pat Sertan. So now you can't even point to J.C. Horn. It was always going to be about what happens with Bryce Young. So if you were to say that the pieces around Bryce Young were not good and that was going to be the saving grace of Scott Fitterer, that Bryce Young was the guy despite the pieces not being good around him, okay. But man, here we are going into the second half of the season where Wes, not only is it J.C. Horn, Icky, the fact that you're not hitting on anybody after the first round and barely, if maybe you hit on some guys in the first round, now it might be Bryce Young himself as to why people are looking at Scott Fitterer and saying he just didn't get it right. And that's what's unfortunate. The fact that now it's not only about the wide receivers. It's not only about the offensive linemen. It's not only about everybody else that he drafted. Now it's because, man, you also drafted Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. Watching Bryce have three picks and C.J. Stroud go for almost 500. Scott Fitter is the one that feels that pressure the most. Yeah, and it's like when you go back into the draft process, and we remember all this stuff, there were reasons to not draft. C.J. Stroud, I mean, aside from the testing, because everybody wants to point to that, but Walker, we talked about on this show how we, he was a 40% passer against pressure. Also, the Ohio State stigma that came with that. And that's why I'm saying for a lot of people, I don't want to hear now that you all of a sudden knew that this guy was about to be what he's being right now because the Ohio State had the big stigma of every guy that comes out, no matter how gaudy the stats are, they don't pan out into the leagues. There were people that lived in that world. There were people that lived in the world of, oh, against Michigan. He came up short time and time again, and they said, oh, he had one good game against Georgia. And so um, this was just a scenario where the Texans decided to go with him, and a lot of people felt like they had to settle for him because, like you said, they did want Bryce. And that's the thing is that people are just being so impatient with Bryce, acting like rookies never throw pick sixes never have horrible games and it's like it's the end of the world because he's not putting up big numbers immediately i wonder what the talk would be if cj stroud 
was struggling and, and up and down just like Bryce has been. And uh, Anthony Richardson as well, even though he is now hurt. And then with Will Levis. And so, but that's the thing. So we're not there. Yeah, the Will Stroud Levis has, stuff. He, there were texts you saw too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When Levis came out and did what he did. And then now that, you know, even in the loss to Pittsburgh, he still played admirably, still had his team in the mix. And so on the same token, though, you want to see Bryce improve, and we thought that that happened last week when they got their first victory of the season. But he is, at some point, going to have to try to show a little bit of consistency, but everything that's around him is making it hard as well. And so it's very tough to be able to judge and put all of this onto him. Yes, the supporting cast in Houston is looking great now. Didn't think it was going to be that way. Their backup offensive linemen have played so fantastic. And so... That's the thing as well. You didn't know this was going to happen. There's always surprises in the NFL. The Texans are one of them. It's just unfortunate for Bryce. And, uh, you know, I could just imagine how difficult and how frustrating this has to be on him at this point. Well, and I'll say this, too. We do this every year with every rookie, with every draft prospect. Sometimes you'll be right. Sometimes you'll be very wrong, even in eight-game hindsight, which is where we are with Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers right now. It, you can be wrong even doing the whole, now we have eight games, what would you do in a redraft scenario? I mean, we had this conversation with LaMelo and James Wiseman where, I mean, this is what I put out there too. Like the Hornets, sometimes you just got to be lucky in the draft. They probably would have selected James Wiseman had he been there at number three. Mm-hmm. And Golden State would have gone with LaMelo. Didn't happen. And it worked out because the draft is really an imperfect process. But at least you dwindle it down to a final two, and you just want to mitigate as much risk as you can possibly do. So here's LaMelo. He falls to us. Great. The Hornets hit on that guy, even though he's not been great at the start of this year. Fourth quarter saves him. We'll get to that later. But even with the Panthers draft history, there hadn't even been any (laughs) falling backwards into a good pick scenario. It's just been so bad. I, I do think if you start to compare C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young... The one scenario I keep going back to is Justin Herbert and Tua, which often, which also I should say, features a smaller Alabama QB. The first two years, what do we see from each of those guys? Justin Herbert just comes out going crazy. 4,300 yards in 15 games played, 5,000 yards in 17 games played, and he's a pro bowler his second season in the league. So the first two years, we got to see Justin Herbert just light the league on fire. I mean, 70 touchdown passes in the first two years. That's crazy. C.J. Stroud is doing some similar things like that. But Tua was not in the first two years. 1,800 yards passing in eight games. 12 games played the second year. Only 2,600 yards passing. Now the last two, I mean, Wes, he's leading the league in passing right now. He's got 19 touchdown passes. Leading the league there as well. You would still take Justin Herbert. But now you can say, hey, there's two good QBs that came from that draft, at least in those few picks. That's what you're hoping, I think, to see with Bryce Young. Can you continue to see him on a trajectory? And maybe C.J. Stroud doesn't put together this type of season in his second year. I'm not pulling against him. I'm not one of those guys that's going to hate because we don't have him on our squad. Hopefully hopefully he's great. I, I'm, I want fun football. I want to see it from C.J. Stroud. I just hope we see it from Bryce Young. And now, because of what Tua went through... You get a better head coach. You get better weapons. Now Tua looks good, and he's leading the league in some categories. 
is there any way that you can make the situation around Bryce a lot better? And how will he perform in that situation? And to me, Wes, I'm pretty damn confident that he would perform well in a better situation than what is currently constructed. I'm with you in that boat as well. And so we get a lot of fans. And the thing that's funny about you guys is you don't really come with a ton of of tangible stuff with Bryce, like everybody automatically points to the size. And they say, oh, they should have never taken this too small quarterback in the first place. Like, bottom line, if Bryce Young had been 6'2", 210 pounds with the resume that he had coming out of college, he would have been the unquestioned number one pick. It would have been no doubts about it that he should have been the guy. But because he's smaller, everybody wants to give him a hard time and say that, oh, he's not the guy and everybody's got jokes. And also the thing, too, that you have to look at is that a lot of the mistakes that are happening to him right now, it isn't because he's small. Okay, like the interceptions he's thrown, it's not like he's thrown behind a, a giant wall that he can't see over. He's making some bad plays. Yes, the processing, he's going through what? most NFL rookies go through. And that's all we're saying. And I'm not saying that he is uh, not responsible at all for any of these losses. Don't let me say that he gets a pass on everything. No, he's got to be better. There's no question about it. The only thing that I'm saying is that I still believe the kid is going to be a good quarterback. He just needs time. Some guys develop slower than others, but the fans won't allow him that type of time. And that's the only thing that we're saying here. Yes, is that football game, the two mistakes that he made, definitely the nails in the coffin for the Panthers yesterday? No question about it. He definitely needs to take responsibility for mistakes that have been made, and he can play better. But let's also put all of this in its proper context before you decide to write the guy off because he has showed you in multiple instances that he's capable of making the throws. He stayed healthy. You guys didn't think he would stay healthy after taking too many hits. He's taken a ton of those, and he's still up, still going. And you thought he was going to get a lot of passes batted down. That hasn't happened either. So there are things there to like. It's just the fact of I think that people just love to automatically point to the size. And, yeah, his his supporting cast has not been what it should be, what we thought it would be. I mean, he's been sacked 26 times, hit 27 more. So he showed you that he's tough and he's durable. Uh, he's dealing with this the best way that he can. And so that that's the thing. Not only are, are we saying, yeah, Bryce Young was just flat out bad yesterday. Yeah, that's true, too. I'm also saying the offensive line. Uh, look, anybody that says we're creating excuses for Bryce Young's poor play, does that mean that you disagree with us on how bad that offensive line is? Right. Exactly. Like, tell me that. You got Devontae and, for, and all those guys out there catching passes from him. For everybody that is saying we're creating excuses for Bryce, how good do you think that offensive line is? Right. Bryce made that, that throw to Miles Sanders was god-awful. Maybe his worst throw of the year that turned into a pick six to Kenny Moore, where he just needs to kill it. That's happened twice, by the way. The interception to Aiden Hutchinson should have killed that. And it was a one-hand great play from Aiden Hutchinson in that Lions game, but needs to kill it. So there's a couple of things that Bryce Young needs to learn. Screen passes that aren't going anywhere. Also, play calling. Maybe we don't run as many screens whether it be Frank Reich or Thomas Brown. I know you're worried about the offensive line. I'll give you proper context, too. But, man, it just don't be working like that, Wes. It does not. <laughs> it just doesn't. And so with the offensive line, tell me you think this is a good group blocking for Bryce Young. I don't know. I C.J. Stroud would probably perform better than Bryce Young in this scenario. I do think that if he was with Carolina, I don't know if you would have the same mistakes. 
I don't know if he would have this little passing production. I think he'd probably have some. Oh, he's definitely ahead of the curve right now. He no is. question. He is. But is he doing that, what we saw yesterday? I. It's not existent, Wes. And Bradley Bozeman, as much as we love him as a community guy, man, great dude. You know? Like... Well, you got to preface it with all that. You know what you it know is. What's coming. You know what's coming. <laughs> DeForest Buckner destroyed him. Yeah. If you have a good defensive tackle lining up over Bradley Bozeman, I do not feel good about it in a passing situation. I feel awful about it. And Buckner, he let you know what time it was immediately as that game started. Immediately. It's unfortunate, man. Hopefully Bryce Young can figure it out. I wanted to get to at least one soundbite before we go to a fitty flash. Let's play the one as you were saying, Bryce Young needs to take on this responsibility. Well, that's what he's doing. Bryce Young is telling you that he has to be a lot better, and this one was on him. You know, everyone else around did a great job, um, and it's on me. So, um, you know, it is what it is. You have to be, you know, I have to be better. But at the same time, again, you, no one's going to feel sorry for me. No one's going to feel sorry for us. Um, I'll learn from it, get better, um, and now. My, you know, we have to turn our attention to Chicago. Um, that, that's the mindset. Um, you put it, you, you put it where it is. Um, you learn from it, and you know, in a couple of days, we have opportunity to, to go out and, and be better and perform better and, and put on tape uh, what we want to be. Um, and you know, that, that's a great opportunity. Man, look, I know I've said it a couple of times. I usually use it in basketball, but I think it applies here with Bryce Young. I said it in the video, Wes. Progress isn't always linear, and I thought that maybe he would build upon what he did against Houston against a bad passing defense statistically with the Colts coming into town. But that didn't happen. He had his worst game of his NFL career. Maybe you could compare it to Atlanta, but I think this one was worse. This one was bad. It was. Two pick sixes that automatically takes the cake. And they were bad throws. It wasn't Miles Sanders running the wrong route on this one. He was just sitting there, and Bryce decided, I'm going to airmail this thing because I'm afraid to throw it to where the defensive lineman is. I'm going to throw it right. Sanders wasn't leading that way. Right to Kenny Moore. Bye-bye ball game. But we did see him play his best performance against Houston. I thought he was just flat-out good against Houston. I'm not trying to make him out to be John Elway in that game. But, man, he was making plays. And he underwent a lot of pressure in that game, too. Progress doesn't have to always be linear, Wes. And that's what I'm going to hold on to today. Hopefully, we see a better performance from him later on. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ back on a Panther Monday. And unfortunately, last week's Victory Monday, short-lived. They fall to the Colts yesterday, 27-13. The quarterback throws a pair of pick sixes. The defense played its tail off, but uh, none of it was good enough. And Carolina is now 1-7 on the season. The fans are ticked off, expectedly. And it's just, uh, anyway, feels like more of the same. And typically at this moment in time during the week, we check in with Panthers legend Steve Smith Sr. But Smitty's on his way back from Frankfurt, Germany this week. And uh, will Mike K of The Observer is no slouch as a fill-in. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, pinch hitting for Smitty and trying to make sense of everything we saw yesterday. Mike, it's good to have you back, brother. How are you? I'm well, but it's like you went from the route running and deep speed of Steve Smith <laughs> to the short yardage game with me, which 
it's funny because it kind of parallels what we saw from the Panthers uh, yesterday. Yeah, it's almost like you said I went from C.J. Stroud to Bryce Young. Wait, too soon? Um, but no, let, let's let's just survey the wreckage for a second, Mike. You've seen you've covered the NFL for a good long while now. You've seen a lot of good. You've seen a lot of bad. Assess the damage. Assess, how bad is this situation? How bad a spots this organization in today? I mean, it's bad. You know, I think their process for the most part in the offseason was reasonable. I, but I think every time you make a roster move, it's a gamble. And every ga- almost nearly every gamble they've made this offseason, at least to this point, has not paid off. And to a, a greater extent, has made it look like the organization's incompetent. Um, you know, outside of Adam Thielen, look at an offseason move that, that really, like, has delivered either at expectation or beyond. Even when you look at the offensive line, you know, re-signing Bradley Bozeman, waiting on Austin Corbett's injury, it still has not paid off. And I just think if you're the Panthers, you're in a league with very few mulligans, and they certainly aren't going to get one from fans. No, no, they're not. And let, let me let me touch on something that you said there a second ago because it was interesting. You know, you and I have the exact same vantage point in the press box. I sit about I sit two rows behind you, but I mean directly behind you. And so I had to leave yesterday because I had Hornets pregame up here, and, and and so I spent the first quarter and a half in the press box watching the exact same angles you were watching. And Mike, I, in the first quarter alone, I saw five or six different occasions where it looked like a, a four man rush was beating the Panthers' offensive line. Now, there's something to be said about the way that Bryce played, certainly the pick sixes. Is he the guy? Is he elevating? So on and so forth. But that protection, the offensive line that so many thought was a presumed strength of this team coming into the year, they appear to be anything but. What is going on with this offensive line? I think the interior positions are rough. I mean, I think left guard has been a turnstile, and, you know, they're starting a guy who they claimed off waivers who was cut by the Saints during final cuts, I mean, that, that's the reality of it. Icky Iguanu did not play horribly last night. Neither did Bradley Bozeman. But those guys have been so inconsistent that it's added up. You know, Austin Corbett's two weeks removed from re- returning from ACL surgery. Taylor Moten has had kind of a down year as well. And I just think it's a, it's a hodgepodge of bad stuff going on right now. And I think for the Panthers... I don't know that there's an answer because James Campen is considered one of the best offensive line coaches in the league, and it feels like they are blocking against their strength. This is a power-blocking front, and I feel like they are being asked to finesse and zone block quite a bit. Mike Kay, Charlotte Observer, he's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Uh, not to bury the lead at all here, but you, you know what the conversation is today. Look at Bryce Young's two pick sixes, his three interceptions overall, and then look at C.J. Stroud, who did just lose here last weekend, lest we forget that. You know, breaking rookie records, 470 yards and, and five touchdowns. Um, I, what do you think is the proper way to bring into focus Bryce Young today, given all that went on yesterday? I mean, I, I think he's not being used the way he was used as a prospect, and I think that's a problem. I mean, hes they're turning him into a pocket passer. That was not what was appealing about him. It was his off-schedule throws. It was his ability to improvise. If they wanted a pocket passer, guess what? They had the opportunity at one. He got picked at number two. So I think, like, there's a lot of stuff here where you're confused about the way Bryce is being used, what's around him. Yes, he is lacking in weapons. Yes, the offensive line is playing poorly. But also, he's being instructed poorly, it feels like, just from the outside looking in. That said, 
his two interceptions yesterday were completely on him. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they were concerning, but I don't think you can jump to conclusions now. I get it. He is not playing well. But I also would like to see him get used a little bit more as an off-schedule playmaker, an improviser. And it just kind of feels like he is just sitting in the pocket waiting to get hit. What level of heat should Scott Fitterer be feeling today or this week? What, I mean, what, what do we attribute to him? What do we blame him for? And, you know, how should the owner be looking at Scott Fitterer this week after a 1-7 and seven start? You know, Scott's in an interesting spot because, remember, he's like kind of the last vestige of like the – Matt Rule error, so obviously he's going to get heat for that. But let's not forget the coaching staff, and I literally wrote about it uh, during the owners' meetings. It was a collaborative process for Bryce Young. So if you're going to assess blame for Fitterer, you also kind of have to give that to David Tepper, but he can't fire himself, and Frank Reich and his staff. And I think Scott Fitterer deserves a lot of blame here. The, The front office made some signings that have not panned out well, and you know, as much as the coaching staff did weigh in, like Justin Houston was a Frank Wright guy. DJ Chark and Miles Sanders, it's well documented that Frank and Deuce Staley wanted them here. Like, ultimately, the general manager is in charge of it all, and so he is rightfully getting, you know, criticized for a lot of this stuff. I mean, there's no way to kind of jump around it. I mean, I think a lot of people deserve a lot of blame in the roster moves, but ultimately the buck stops with him from a personnel standpoint mike Kay, charlotte observer he's with us here on the body works plus guest hotline how good a job is this euro evero doing all things considered i mean that's kind of tough right the scheme clearly works i think they did exceptionally well the last few weeks they've adjusted it's not his traditional cover to cover for scheme because they had to but i do think he has done well with the fact that you know up front Outside of Derek Brown, they really don't have a set guy as a starter. Shai Tuttle has struggled quite a bit as a run defender and as a pass rusher. Luckily, he can bat balls out the air, as we saw last night. They're dealing with so many injuries. And I think Evero's a very, very good coach. I think he's had his moments, both positive and negative. But I think for the most part, it's been a good run for Evero. I'm sorry, I, I, you, you cut out there. No, I, I, Brian Burns, uh, in light of the Montez Sweat contract over the weekend, adding more context to the, the situation, do you have a greater sense of, of where this ends up? I mean, still no contract, and they, they opted not to trade him again last week. No, but I do think the Panthers get some leverage back in that two guys who are performing as well or better right now just got traded for second and third round pick. So it, it shows you that, the league isn't thinking what the Rams are thinking as far as pass rusher right now. Sure, Brian Burns is going to get more money than Montez Sweat, who got overpaid because he had a ton of leverage after being traded for a second-round pick. He got probably paid 2 to $3 million over market value, and his guarantees are, like, incredible for a guy who's never had a 10-sack season. Um, if anything, I think it helps the Panthers in their negotiations, but if I were either side, I don't think either side is really in a great spot to negotiate. Entering this weekend, you know, Brian Burns was tied for 22nd, or 21st in the league in sacks with eight other players. He's in the middle of, like, the, the starting-level players in QB hits. Like, it's, it's not advantageous for him to sign, and I don't really think it's advantageous for the Panthers to agree on a deal unless he goes below market value, and so... I think this is going to carry on until the offseason. The Panthers have a franchise tag in their back pocket, and we'll see where it goes from there. 
Mike, a couple quick things. We'll let you go. What do you suspect? I think because that, that's all any of us can do is, is guess and wonder. But what do you suspect David Tepper's thinking today about his football operation? I think he's trying to stay patient, but I don't know how you could ignore uh, the attendance from the last two games, the way people left the stadium. I don't think you can ignore the fact that uh, or left the stadium this past game. Um, I just don't think you can ignore what is going on. You hired this, you know, quote-unquote offensive guru. You've hired all of these people on this staff. You've paid a lot of money for this coaching staff. And so far, as a unit, they have not delivered. And, you know, all the all the press clippings kind of lead with the coaching staff. And eventually the players have to play, but they are not doing a good enough job. And I think you've got to be asking yourself, what did I pay for if you're David Tepper? Yep. Now, well, speaking of David Tepper paying for things, we'll end on this. Uh, you had a report about an hour ago that uh, Tepper Sports and Entertainment has taken some steps recently to explore you know, possibly changing the land around Bank of America Stadium. There was a rezoning application that was submitted. What, what can you tell the audience about what the Panthers and you know TSE is trying to accomplish here? Well, I, I think they want to give themselves flexibility in case they want to expand their practice facility. We obviously know the Rock Hill thing is not happening. And so this team probably wants to expand, similar to the way the Jacksonville Jaguars did when they expanded their practice facility. I mean, you know, this, they don't have a ton of room to work with, and they have to, you know, go to training camp in, in Spartanburg. I mean, I, I think this is a team that kind of needs a home base, and I think this gives them the opportunity, if approved, to really kind of feel out what they want to do for the future. Mike K., you're the best. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. Tune in to Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.